quick little disclaimer before this episode starts as there are mentions of sexual assault and sexual abuse. If you are someone who is dealing with sexual assault or sexual abuse, you can always reach out to the National Sexual Assault Hotline that is available 24 hours at 1-800-656-4673. Again, that's 1-800-656-4673. If you do not wish to hear any of this, I suggest that you turn back now um, and I will see you in the next episode. But if you are willing to stick around uh, for this more intense episode, let's get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Hanging On By A Thread with me, your mentally ill host, Mia. There will not be an intro or an outro to this episode as um, respect for the contents that are in it. Um, as I will be sharing my own experiences and own stories uh, with sexual assault and sexual abuse, um, as it's something I've been through a couple times um, and have been dealing with um, the uh, results of it (laughs) um, and the long-lasting results of it. Um, So... Like I said before in the beginning of this, uh, if this is stuff that you do not want to hear, um, I suggest that you don't listen to this episode. Um, I won't be going into a lot of detail um, just because I don't even think that I can get myself to say too much detail and I also don't want to um, to share that much. Um and just out of respect for my own uh, privacy and uh, own safety. So, as you may know, um, or some of you may not know, but it's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> well known that uh, April is uh, the month of sexual assault awareness. Um, and I have told my story um, many times. Uh, I went as far as saying my uh, first encounter um, with sexual assault uh, that had happened when I was like 14, I think. I can't can't quite remember. I think I was 14 or 15 um, when my first encounter with it happened. Um, I, it was actually done by my sophomore, uh, boyfriend, who was my second boyfriend I ever had. Um, and what happened was I, I had convinced my parents to let me stay after school, um, to hang out with him. And my parents... Uh, being, you know, the parents that they are, they are very protective and very, um, just always want to know what's going on, um, and want to make sure that I'm safe, which makes sense because they are my parents and both my parents, uh, have PTSD and, you know, my mom has anxiety and it, it's, um, it's very much 
them wanting me to be safe, uh, which at the like as I've gotten older, I'm glad that my parents are like that um, because I could have ended up in some really bad situations. Um, anyway, so I had convinced them to let me stay after with him, and they gave me you know the the um, the rules of you know, be where everyone, be where people are, be where people can see you, you know, if you feel uncomfortable, just come home, um, you know, my mom was like, use me as an excuse, if you don't feel safe, or you don't feel comfortable, um, and I was like, okay, yeah, I got all this information, um, so I ended up staying after school with him, and he was like, hey, I want to show you something. I was like, okay. So we started walking away from the, the school building um, and started walking towards the baseball fields, um, which were on the other side um, of the parking lot. And I knew in the back of my head that this isn't something I should be doing. Um, you know, if my parents, uh, found out that I was doing this, they, you know, would be yelling at me and telling me that I, I knew the rules and I, I shouldn't, um, you know, be going away from the school. But I, was a young teenager and I followed. Um, so I was following him. There were, there's like a wooded area that's behind my school. And we started walking into it and I was following him and I, I was starting to feel a little bit uneasy, but I was like, it's fine, it's fine, I'll be okay, it's not a big deal. Um, and then he brought me to Old Bridge um, that was above like some water wasn't really like a stream or a river it was just like some water that was going um through a ton of rocks and bricks um and he sat down and he asked me to sit down with him um and you know I thought everything was fine and then he proceeded to put his hand um on the outside of my jeans Uh, on my vagina and started rubbing and I started to get uncomfortable uh, didn't didn't really like what was happening but it just it continued he ended up getting me you know on my back took my pants off started fingering me pretty hard um, I remember my body freezing up and I couldn't move and I was in pain and, you know, I, I was trying to, to, <laughs> to 
get away, but I couldn't get away and I was freaking out, uh, but I didn't know what to do. And then I knew that my phone was near me. My phone was near me and I looked at the time and I was like, my parents expect me to be home at this time. I need to go. And that ended up being... Like, after I had realized that it was no longer his fingers. Um, and it freaked me out. I, I um, got up, you know, put on my pants quickly, grabbed all of my stuff, and walked back the way that we had come. And he started walking after me, ended up grabbing my hand, um, and telling me that I couldn't tell anyone that... If anyone ever found out, he killed me. And that's terrifying for anyone to hear. So I pretended like it was, you know, it was something I consented to. I pretended like it was something that I wanted because... I didn't know any better. I didn't know how else to process it than pretending like it never happened in the way that I remember it happening. And then my parents found out that I had had sex with him, but they didn't know that it wasn't not and that it wasn't consensual. And that caused an issue. My dad didn't talk to me for an entire week. Like, couldn't, like, couldn't talk to me, couldn't look at me, couldn't be in the same room as me. It, when he got home from work, he would go straight upstairs. He wouldn't eat dinner with us. I ended up having to spend the weekend at my grandparents' house because it was so uncomfortable being there. And then, you know, eventually it it got too much and I, like, ended up, you know, coming forward to my parents. After, I can't even remember if it was after. No. I ended up telling my parents or having a conversation with my parents because my mom was so fed up with it. I had a conversation with my parents about, you know, what had happened and that, you know, all of this other stuff. But they still didn't know that it wasn't consensual. And then a little later, uh, he... broke up with me as we were going on to Thanksgiving break and I was upset because you know it's not fun to be broken up with and it's especially not fun to be broken up with over text but I was also relieved because 
now I could, you know, be completely honest with my parents and completely honest about what happened. And I ended up, you know, telling my parents everything. I ended up reporting it and telling my school. Um, But the case never went anywhere. He has tried to reach out to me um, a few times since he broke up with me, but I refuse to talk to him. Um, And the last time he did talk to me, uh, I told my mom and she (laughs) helped me um, threaten a a restraining order against him um, if he ever talked, if he ever contacted me again. Um, So to this day, he hasn't contacted me again and I haven't seen him. I don't know where he is. I don't know what he's doing. Um, And that's, you know, a little terrifying. But I have tried my best to move on from that. Um, Like I said, I, I put that story in my book and the the book that I published the first book I ever published I wrote that story because I didn't I didn't want it to get forgotten because I don't forget that I don't forget the feeling I don't forget the flashbacks, I don't forget, you know, the, the pain, I don't forget any of that. Now that is a, a thing that I will forever have to live with. (laughs) So that, that was my, my first uh, experience with it. Um, my next experience with it was I I don't even remember when it was either my sophomore or junior year it was one of the two Um, one of the guys that was in our friend group um, was <laughs> let me rephrase that one of the guys in our friend group um, and I were flirting um, but 
I think he was more flirting than I was and I just kind of followed the lead because, you know, I... I didn't really like him, but, you know, you're, you're in high school. <laughs> you just, you know, you're a girl in high school. You take whatever attention you get, um, and roll with it. And it's not, it's not the best. <laughs> uh, so it, we ended up staying after school again, um, again, <laughs> Uh, I ended up staying after school with him, um, and we were hanging out, and we were laying in a, like, a grass area that, that was behind the school, um, where you could hang out during lunch, um, and... We were playing Truth or Dare, and as we're playing this, one of the dares that he gives me is to give him a blowjob, and I got uncomfortable. I started to get the weird, queasy feeling in my stomach. I didn't really feel like I wanted to. It wasn't something that I I wanted to agree to, but he started pressuring and I kept trying to say I don't really want to play anymore and like you know, all this all this stuff to try and, you know, get it to not be that um, and then he pushed so much that I ended up just doing it and I started doing it as, you know, uh, I'll, you know, do it for like a minute or two and then you know that that will be fine or I'll do it for a couple seconds and then I'll just say that I I did it and you know then we can move on and I can you know forget about it um that was not the plan that he had in mind (laughs) uh ended up the orally raping me um And then once he was done, I got up and was like, I have to go to uh, class, or not class, um, the club. Because I, I had been waiting for that to start. Um, and I just remember walking off and feeling gross and you know, just wanting to forget that that had happened. Um, and I actually have forgotten about that for a while. Um, but, you know, more, more recently it, it's come up, um, that I remember that.
you know, even though that wasn't, like, a super significant, um, or it doesn't seem like it's, it counts, uh, to, to the people, it does to me, because I was pressured into something that I didn't want to do, um, and it, it leaves a lasting effect of if someone tells, or if I tell someone that I'm uncomfortable, or if I tell someone that I don't want to do this, you know, act, or I don't want to, you know, have sex, or I don't want to do any of that stuff, um, it leaves that lasting effect that no, no one's going to listen to me. You know, it, it doesn't matter how I feel or if I'm uncomfortable. And, you know, that was a thing that went into my, um, my fourth relationship during my junior year where I was assaulted multiple times in that relationship. Um... Like, he would follow me into the bathroom and then, you know, do whatever he wanted to do. Um, and had, uh, you know, forcefully fingered me on the, on the, bleach, on the bleachers, um, which wasn't enjoyable or fun. You know, I would try to grab his hand, try to get him to stop, and he wouldn't. He would just laugh and continue um there there was one time where we were in the bathroom and these two girls walked in and they saw him um and when they left they went and got one of the staff members and she told us to leave and when we left he was walking further in front of me and I had a split second thought or I had a split thought where I wanted to tell her where I wanted to, you know, tell someone that this is what was happening, but I didn't. And to this day, that's something that I regret and something that I think about where I had an opportunity to tell someone what was going on, but I was too afraid because I was afraid that he was going to hear me. He was bigger than me and had, you know, been semi-aggressive towards me. 
and I was too afraid to say anything. So I didn't. And then him and I ended up breaking up and he ended up telling everyone that I broke up with him, that I had cheated on him, that I was mentally unstable and selfish and a psychopath and you know all of this stuff and it it made me not be able to tell anyone that 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 any of any of what happened in the relationship happened because I knew no one was going to believe me And that was devastating because I lost everyone. You know, that that friend group, even though it was awful and really toxic now that I, I've looked back on it. And even when I was in it, I didn't want to be in it because it was so drama-filled and toxic and terrible, but now I had no friends. And the friends that I thought I had, you know, were, you know, backstabbing and talking behind my back and taking Brett's side and, you know, trying to get the drama out of it, like trying to, trying to figure out what happened and like, all, all of the all of the drama stuff and I didn't say anything because I didn't think that I could and you know, even even my best friend you know someone that I called my brother defended him when I told him all of the stuff that my ex had done. (laughs) You know, I... I felt like no one was ever going to know any of that. And then I started talking about it, started, you know, being like, this is what happened. This is how this person treated me. And this is how this person decided to play the victim instead of owning up to what they did. He would tell me, you know, that he loved me and that, you know, he, 
saw life with me and all of this stuff and then used me and made it all about sex and made it, you know, if I didn't want to do it, it was disappointing to him or, you know, all all that great stuff (laughs) that comes along with terrible, terrible relationships. Um, speaking of terrible relationships, if you want to know more about, um, my sophomore acts and, which would be my second act, um, and my fourth act along with the other acts, uh, you can listen to, I believe it's my second, I believe it's my second episode. Um, where I talk about my toxic relationships, um, a little more, uh, but moving on to my most recent, uh, encounter, um, which was actually in October, I believe. I want to say it was in October. Yeah, I think so. Sorry, I've been blocking it out, um, trying to trying to forget it. But I I had a friend um, that I had been friends with for a while come up and visit me. Um, stayed at the motel that's uh, just down the street from my apartment because uh, I, I had roommates at the time and you know we were hanging out we were you know having a good time I bought some you know snacks and it it was nice seeing him because it, it had been, I think, a year since the last time we saw each other. And I guess he had different intentions than I did. And we, you know, were, were laying on the bed or whatever, and like he had been wrestling with me, um, and I had, you know, played along with it and then like kind of told him to knock it off once he started getting you know, more and more aggressive um, and you know there I thought you know okay this is you know kind of the dynamic of like our relationship um, where we're always you know picking on each other and always say that we're gonna fight each other um, like that was the intro to our friendship, so it didn't it didn't bother me. Um, but as it started to get more aggressive, it did make me uncomfortable. Um, and then ended up getting top of me, 
laying like all his body weight because he was stronger than I was um, on my upper body and couldn't move. He was choking me. He was shoving his tongue down my throat, couldn't move, couldn't say anything, kept trying to get him off, kept trying to tell him to knock it off, to stop, to get off of me, kept moving my legs. Um, And then it ended up getting to a point where he had undressed and then made me give him a blowjob and as soon as he was done I got up went into the bathroom and you know sat there for like 10 minutes having a panic attack um came back out he noticed came up hugged me which was really uncomfortable and I hated every moment of it because I just had someone you know assault me and not care about how I felt and then all of a sudden you know their arms are around me um you know I I was still panicking and told him I didn't want to do any of that that wasn't something that I wanted to do and he got upset with me He told me that, you know, I should have said something because now he feels like a piece of shit about it. You know, he he wasn't angry. He was just disappointed <laughs> um, and upset with me because I didn't say anything. Which, one, I couldn't say anything. Two, my body language and the fact that I was trying to push him off should have been enough. And three, me also not saying anything also means that I never said that I wanted to do it. And, you know, that was something that stuck with me. I, you know, got upset with myself because I was also dating someone at that time my my most recent ex you know I I was dating him and you know I I texted him and I was freaking out and I was telling him that you know I had you know bite marks on my neck because he had you know bit my neck um and so hard that it was like it left bruising um And, you know, I, I was texting him and, and telling him, like, this is, this is what happened because he was supposed to come up the next day. Um, and, you know, I was freaking out, telling him that I was sorry that, you know, I didn't mean for it to happen and that it wasn't my fault. And, like, I was upset, but I didn't leave because I was afraid (laughs) because I knew that my friend had problems with his anger and I didn't want to deal with that because I had 
had abusive exes in the past and I have had exes hit me before. Um, and I didn't, didn't want to deal with that. Especially since the only people that were around the only people that, you know, were my quote-unquote safety were my roommates. Um, you know, my, my parents were nowhere close. Um, and I ended up staying there the rest of the night. I didn't sleep. And then he took me back. And then I never talked to him again. And that was hard. Because I didn't think that he would have been someone that would have done that. But I ended up not saying anything about it um, for for a little bit, and then I told you know my my roommates, one of my roommates, I had I had confided and told her what happened, um, because she was letting me in the next morning. She realized or um, noticed that I had gotten there earlier than I said I would have gotten there. Um, And she, you know, later asked me if everything was okay, confided in her, told her what happened. Um, And then I didn't talk about it again. I did later then, you know, tell my mom. Um, and she was like, do you want to report it? I said, I don't know. Um, because it, it was something that I was trying to figure out if it had really happened, even though I knew it had really happened. But the, the things that I was told by the person who did it to me just stayed it wasn't until a month later that I actually did report it. Um, and the last thing that I heard about it was that they were going to talk to him. And that was in December. I haven't heard anything about it uh, since. So I, I don't know what's happening with that. Um, yeah, but those, those have been my experiences and I, I deal with a lot of anxiety about it. I, you know, get a weird feeling, um, when it comes to, to sex, like not even like, I don't want to do it, it's more of, I'm afraid that if I tell this person no, um, even though I, I want to do this with them and it's someone that I want to do it with, if I tell them no, that 
they're going to do it anyway. That, you know, I'm, I'm going to end up in a situation like I was. And that's terrifying. (laughs) You know, I... I was like 14 or 15 when I had my first experience with it and my most recent experience with it, I was 19. You know, it's, it's not something that cares about age or gender or sexuality or anything. It's something that can happen to anyone because people are terrible (laughs) and people are gross and people are horrible. (laughs) And, you know, it, it is hard to talk about these stories and it is hard to acknowledge the fact that these are things that I have been through. And I, I wish that I could go back in time and I could save myself from them, but I can't. Um, so all, all I can really do now is talk about my stories and let other people know that this is, this is a real thing. This isn't something that's made up. This isn't something that people do for attention. You know, I, I don't want to live with this. I don't want to live with flashbacks. I don't want to live with the anxiety and the PTSD. I don't want to live with that, but I do because of a choice that someone else decided to make. So if you are someone who's gone through something like I have, your story matters who you are matters. You are a survivor and you're pushing through, you're making it through the day and you're allowing yourself to heal. You are allowing that person to no longer have power over you. That is what I'm trying to do. (laughs) Again, if you are someone who has gone through sexual assault or sexual abuse, um, or someone who is going through it, you can always reach out to them. Um, National Sexual Assault Hotline. I said their number in the beginning of this episode. I'll say it again here as it's 1-800-656-4673. Again, that's 1-800-656-4673. They're available 24 hours. Um, so please reach out. Um, and please be safe. <laughs> that that's all I can really say.
a.m. Be safe. Continue to, to heal. Continue to be a survivor. And please continue to hang in there. Even if it's just by a thread. <laughs>